Rivers Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. It's good to be up here this morning as we continue our series in the book of Hebrews. Jesus, the perfect priest, the superior sacrifice. As the book of Hebrews was written to those who were converting out of Judaism into Christianity, there was a lot of things that needed to be explained, and that's really the crux of what this book is. Last week, uh, Pastor Matt preached, Jesus greater than Moses. And we, we learned that Jesus serves over God's house, which is us, his people. And who are his people? But those that hold their confidence in Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, thank you that we could come here this morning to hear the truth of your word. Lord, I, I, I just pray that's all that goes forward this morning. And it penetrates our hearts, Lord, because we need your truth. We love you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. There's an old fable about a fox and a wildcat. In this story, the two animals discuss how many ways they have to escape their hunters. The fox boasts of having many ways to escape, but the cat, however, admits only having one. When the hunters finally arrive, the cat quickly climbs a tree. The fox, on the other hand, begins to analyze ways to escape that he knows. But unable to decide which one would be the best, he fails to act on any of them, and he gets caught by the dogs. Sometimes we use overthinking to guard against failure. We're, when we're expected to make a hard decision, we may use overanalyzing as a means to prolong our decision-making because we're afraid to make the wrong choice. Sometimes, really, we fall prey to something that's called choice overload. overload. The more data we have available, the harder it is for us to process all of that at once. My threshold is really low, by the way. In fact, once the amount of data reaches a, a certain threshold, our brain has an inability to process all of it, and our decision-making ability declines drastically. You see, in today's text, the author of Hebrews just finished explaining to those who are struggling with this belief that Jesus is the greatest, even greater than Moses. But it seems that they're still stuck in this paralysis of analysis for whatever reason. They are struggling with going back to Judaism even after hearing and understanding the truth of the gospel. The author today has a staunch warning for them and for us. The dogs are coming and you must make a decision. Are you a wildcat or are you a fox? Thankfully, God has made a way for you and I to enter his rest, and there is only one way. That's exactly why the title of today's sermon is this, Entering God's Rest. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews chapter 3, uh, 7 through 19, if you want to go ahead and turn there, or just follow on the screen. See, much like the fable we just heard, one relied on the one true way of salvation, and the other one relied on himself. In this case, there is only one way to be saved or to enter God's rest, and that is believing the truth of the gospel. But what happens when you run out of time? 
What happens when you fall into that paralysis of analysis and you pass that opportunity to choose to do what God is telling you to do? See, the author was trying to bring these people to a fork in the road. They must choose today what they hear the Holy Spirit telling them. They could either believe what they know to be true about the gospel or they can continue to analyze it to death. They could choose to believe what God has told them or they can continue to put God on trial. The consequences of their floundering could be eternal. Let's get into our text this morning. Like I said, Hebrews chapter 3, 7 through 19. I'll go ahead and read these 13 verses. Please follow along. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for over 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Some pretty serious stuff there, folks. If we took those 13 verses and we condensed them down into one main idea, we would get this this morning. God has made a way for us to be saved and enter his rest. All we have to do is believe him. That's it. Pretty simple, right? God has made a way for us to be saved and enter his rest. All we have to do is believe him. But notice that it's saved and enter his rest. They're one and the same, but a little different, and we're going to talk about those this morning. You see, the gospel is good for both applications. First, it saves us, and then it allows us to have an ongoing relationship with our Savior, which then allows us to enter his rest every day. Let's break these verses down to see why this statement is true. Going back to 7, 8, and 9. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Now, whatever we see therefore, we have to go back. What is he talking about? He's referring to an idea that happened just before that. So therefore, talking about, he just explained to us in the previous verses that those that hold fast to their confidence in Jesus are his people. So if you're his people this morning, your confidence is in him alone. 
So if that's you, he's saying we should not ignore what the Holy Spirit is revealing to us like the Jews did in the desert. He's quoting from Psalm 95, which Psalm 95 starts out with worshiping God and talking about how awesome God is, but kind of ends with, but not for those people who did not believe, not for those people that did not put their faith in him. It was about the Israelites being freed from Egypt and then testing God at every single turn. They experienced God through many, many, many miracles, if you remember the story of them leaving. For 40 years in the desert, even after seeing his miracles, they still had a heart filled with unbelief. They refused to fully trust Moses or even God himself. Can you imagine experiencing God on that level Seeing him part the sea, seeing the plagues, seeing food come out of nowhere, seeing water come out of a rock, life-saving water, and still having a heart of unbelief. Hold that thought. We're going to talk about that at the end. You see, but first we have to understand, we experience God a little differently today. We may see God move in our lives, hopefully. Hopefully we see God doing stuff in our lives. But we're given special revelation of who God is and what God has done for us through the Holy Spirit. And then when we put our faith and our trust in that, then we're saved. The Holy Spirit actually comes to dwell inside each and every one of us. Then we are sanctified. We're set apart. We're made more like Jesus every day through the tutelage of the Holy Spirit that lives inside each and every one of us. The Holy Spirit calls out our sin in our lives, and when we're able to understand that and repent and, and ask for forgiveness, then he's able to give us the power to overcome that sin in our lives. The Holy Spirit guides us and leads us every single day during our Christian walk. So we can see there's a warning here for us that when the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us, we best not harden our hearts. We best not ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And as he was saying in that, therefore, if Jesus is far more superior than Moses, how much worse is it to ignore him than it is to ignore Moses? Because this is exactly what happens to those who denied Moses and refused to take God at his word. As we look at verses 10 and 11. It says, therefore... This is God speaking. I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways, and I swore my wrath, in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. That's some pretty serious language coming from God himself. You see, God was provoked by those who would always ask for more evidence to believe, and he tired of them. He says, they always go astray. They have never known my ways. It reminds me of, uh, of what we see in the Gospels in Matthew 16, where Jesus is talking to, the, you know, to the, the people and the Pharisees, and he says, you wicked and perverse generation are always asking for more signs. Those Pharisees had ample evidence to believe Jesus was who he said he was. They saw him perform miracles and heal people and spoke with authority. It should have been a no-brainer for them. 
But because of their love of sin and their love of political power, they refused to believe. And those people would never be saved. Those in the desert that never got into the promised land and people today who are like them will never know the peace and the joy and the hope that comes with being a child of God. Those that reject Jesus and continue to reject him will never spend eternity with him in heaven. It's clear here, though, in, in these verses that the author is speaking to those who call themselves Christians. He's pleading with them that you can't disbelieve any part about who Jesus is and what he's done for you and expect to enter his rest. Whether you're on belief this morning is keeping you from truly being saved or communing with a holy God, stop it. That is what the author's saying this morning. Because the only thing that could keep us away from resting in Jesus now or for eternity is our unbelief in him today. Brings us to our first point. Those that ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit will be led astray by their sinful hearts. That's, that is the truth this morning. Listen, God's not just angry that we're ignoring him. He's not just feeling slighted so he feels like he wants to get us back. He fully understands that if we ignore his truth, what will happen to us? He knows what will happen. When you hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking God's truth to you, you must take heed. I've felt God urging me at different parts at different times in my life and I noticed the, the minute I start debating with him, my chances of obeying him start to plummet. Amen? Amen. If you're going to sit there and God's going to reveal something to you and, and prompt you to do something and you start arguing with him, he's not going to make you do it. Even though many times in my life I have seen with my own eyes God, bring me through the very thing he's asking me to do, even though I didn't want to do it. I still have that part of me that wants him to prove it to me, that wants, me, that wants him to prove to me what he's saying is true, how sinful and how ridiculous of me that is. Next we see in our, our next set of verses, 12 through 14, we get an instruction against unbelief and Guess what, church? We need each other. It says this in verse 12, Take care, brothers, lest there be in, you, in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we come to share in Christ if... Indeed, we hold our original confidence firm to the end. There it is again. What is our original confidence? That is our confidence in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. But again, we see even, even in these verses. So is he talking to saved people who are falling out of fellowship with God? Or is he saying that these people were never saved? Well, why can't it be both? It seems these people are at least identifying themselves as those who have heard and understood the gospel. 
This is who the book is written to. And we do know that once we are saved, we are always saved. Amen. Let me fix that, Pastor Matt. If we're saved, we're always saved. Amen. There we go. That was my bad. I set you up for that one, buddy. So here's the point. Are these people saved? Are they falling out of fellowship? You know what I say? Who cares? Who cares? The point, what we need to take away from this morning, do not fall prey to a sinful, unbelieving heart. Amen? Amen. It was enough to keep God's people out of the promised land, and it will mess us up, even those of us who are truly saved. See, sin, when it creeps in, it will cause you to doubt the truths that you know to be true about God. It will cause you to believe that you know better than God. And when we do this, we're denying the work and person of Jesus Christ. And our confidence is in us, and it's not in him. And when we do that, we will veer off course and we'll convince ourselves that it's really cool to just follow our own deceitful hearts. What does that look like? What does that look like in our everyday lives? Well, it's very easy. Either you will do, start to do things God does not want you to do, or you will not do the very things he's calling you to do. This is why we must encourage each other every single day. I am guilty of it too. I was just meeting with someone this morning. We were going through the book, What is the Gospel? And I had to tell them that even this week, I probably wasn't a good representation of Christ at work. We need to remind each other constantly and exhort one another. And you know what? Sometimes exhorting one another is an encouragement and sometimes it's a kick in the butt. We need to make sure that we're keeping our eyes on the prize. And it brings us to our second point. We must defend ourselves and each other against the sin of unbelief. I have to check myself. Like I used to tell my daughters, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I have to check myself, make sure that I'm not allowing sinful unbelief to creep into my life, causing me to do things I shouldn't be doing or not doing things I should be doing. And then I need to make sure that I'm helping my Christian brothers and sisters do the same. We must be vigilant. Like Peter talks about, there is a roaring lion outside there waiting to devour us. That is the truth this morning. Or let's put it this way, church. There's a pack of dogs and some hunters coming after you. The minute you exit that door, are you going to be a wildcat or are you going to be a fox? Are you going to put your faith in the tried and true gospel the one way? Or are you going to figure it out for yourself? allowing an opportunity for the enemy to get you. Doubting God will only bring confusion and the opportunity for evil. When we doubt God, it only brings confusion to our lives and the opportunity for the enemy to get us. And it reminds us of our main idea this morning. God has made a way for us to be saved and enter his rest. All we have to do is believe him. So simple yet so hard. 
Well, the author gives us a final warning this morning as he reiterates some things in our final five verses. He says, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those that heard yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they will not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Church, there was around 600,000 people who could have entered the promised land and were denied. But they were kept out because of their sinful unbelief and their constant testing of God. There were only two that entered entered out of that generation, and it was Joshua and Caleb. Why? Why did they get to go while the others didn't? Is it, was it because they were perfect? Was it because they were perfect before God? No, it's because they never stopped believing that God means what he says and always keeps his promises. That's what allowed them to enter the promised land. God promises those who follow him his rest, whether that's salvation for eternity or for now, peace, hope, joy, endurance, guidance, but not for those who refuse to believe. That brings us to our third and final point this morning. Truth is absolute, and ignoring it could have absolute consequences. It's no joke this morning, church. Truth is, well, I'm not going to say especially God's truth, because really that's the only truth there is. Truth is absolute. We don't make it up. It's not our idea. We find truth like treasure. Truth is absolute, and ignoring it could have absolute consequences. God is so serious about the sin of unbelief. The author of Hebrews goes through to great lengths this morning to make that clear. I hope it's clear this morning. Sometimes I wonder why we make salvation and following God so difficult. We make it so hard on ourselves. I agree sometimes it's hard to live out our Christian lives day by day, but if we're focused on God and his word, we will be less focused on our own sinful desires that make us fall. That is why we must be committed to following Jesus our Lord as we were to believe Jesus our Savior. Let me repeat that as I called Joe up this morning. We must be as committed to Jesus, our Lord, who lords over us, as committed as we were to believing he's our Savior. Because the same rest that saves us is the same rest that will sustain us. The key is the truth of the gospel. What happens when we ignore the truth of the gospel? We'll remember our first point this morning. Those that ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit will be led astray by their sinful hearts. That's why it's so important to God that we understand this this morning. 
When we doubt God or we don't have faith in his truth, we're opening the door to our own sinful hearts. Much like that fox, we think we're being so sly, but we're just opening up the opportunity for something to hurt us. Church, where is your sin of unbelief this morning? If you think you don't have one, start there. Where is your sin of unbelief this morning? We all have an area where we're not fully trusting God. Maybe God is asking you this morning to lay something down that he knows is about to mess you up. Or maybe God is asking you to step outside your comfort zone and do something that you don't feel capable of doing, but he's still calling you to do it. Do not harden your hearts. Listen and obey. And we have to be active in this together as we remember, we remember our second point. We must defend ourselves and each other against the sin of unbelief. We must defend each other. Church, we're in this together. God has given us each other to remind us about who he is and what he's done for us. I love talking to people and I love hearing their stories that has to do with their faith. I love hearing about when someone's going through something terrible. I know that sounds bad, but they tell you about it was their faith that got them through. That because of their faith in God, they found this strength and this joy and this peace they didn't even know existed. I love hearing those things. It encourages me. I love when I hear people say, I didn't really feel comfortable doing this thing, but I know God wanted me to do it. Pastor Matt and I have been talking a lot about our small groups and church, we're growing and we're gonna need to break out at some point. Maybe God is gonna tap you on the shoulder and, and he wants you to lead a small group or he wants you to open your home to a small group. Maybe that's outside your comfort zone. But I love these stories about when people stepped out in faith and incredible things happen. It encourages me. I wanna be a church like that. Who's with me? Amen. Amen. I'm said it again. <laughs> I love hearing stories about people who stepped out in faith and amazing things happen. I want to be a church like that who's with me. We must. That's right, Miss Hallie. Go team. We must because there's just too much at stake as we remember our third point. Truth is absolute, and ignoring it could have absolute consequences. That is why we must do this. There's too much at stake. God has given us the Holy Spirit to dwell inside us and guide us. That's how important we are to God. Think about that. That's how important you are to God. He's given us his Holy Spirit to dwell inside us. Listen to that voice and know that your loving Father has given you a wonderful gift. God has given us his written word. People say, I haven't really heard God speak in a while. Maybe try opening this, because he wants to. God's given us his, his word, and he's given us his Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to give us strength to do these things. How generous and loving of a God do we have? Remember when I said, hold that thought? 
How could those people see such amazing things God did and still not believe everything he was telling them? Seems like we're not too much different. As we remember our, our uh, main idea, God has made a way for us to be saved and enter his rest. All we have to do is believe him. Let's pray. Father, please guard our hearts against the sin of unbelief. We want to know your truth and we want it to allow it to guide our, us in our lives. Help us to hear your voice and give us the faith we need to carry out whatever it is you are commanding us to do this morning. Lord, we can't do this without you and we can't do this without each other. Lord, I lift up my sisters and brothers in Christ and I just pray for them as they leave this place. Lord, knowing that there's an enemy out there waiting to devour them, waiting to just get in that little cracked door of doubt. Lord, I just pray that you help us slam that door this morning and trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email connect at villasgrace.com.